Is a tear in our space-time continuum causing a distortion of our reality? Welcome to 30 Morbid Minutes. the podcast where we cover topics of a morbid, macabre, dark, and downright grisly nature. I'm Elise Willems. I'm Jessica Vasami. In 2009, paranormal researcher Fiona Broom was at DragonCon as a guest speaker. And if you don't know DragonCon, it's the second largest sci-fi and fantasy convention held in the U.S. Between panels and speaking gigs, Broom was hanging out in the green room chatting with other guests and attendees. Conversations ranged from the fun-loving to the serious, and somehow the discussion meandered to the topic of false memories. A security guard known as Shadow, who was speaking with Broom at the time, said that this conversation reminded him of, quote, people who remember Nelson Mandela dying decades ago, end quote. Which is a heavy thing for a dude named Shadow to drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. This connected with Broom because she also had a memory of the former South African president dying in prison during the 1980s, mm-hmm. which is totally not the case. Nelson Mandela passed away in 2013. So we're talking, you know, three decades later of a respiratory infection. Yeah, this spawned a whole conversation among those in the green room who also had a false memory of Nelson Mandela dying decades before and just in general about other collective memories that are actually misremembered. Mm -hmm. And it blew Broom's mind. She said, that got my attention because I was someone who had one of those memories, but I'd never mentioned that memory to anyone because it seemed so weird and I never found an explanation for it. Broom can't quite remember who first said it, but they started to refer to this as the Mandela effect. And this stuck with her long after Dragon Con and led to her creating a website to see who else out there might also have this shared memory. Quickly, her site was flooded with tens of thousands of readers who were calling into question memories they also once thought infallible. To quote Broom, the Nelson Mandela memory was the tip of the iceberg as commenters started sharing and collectivizing other unexplained memories and theories. Today, we use the term Mandela effect in sort of this pop culture way to describe the phenomenon at large in which a large segment of the population has a shared memory they believed happened that in reality never did. So you'll hear it just kind of bandied about on TikTok or Reddit. It's not really a scientific term. I think we Mm -hmm. just use it colloquially to describe some weird feeling or even kind of deja vu feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we collectively question even the most mundane memories, like what the mascot cartoon character on the box of cereal was drawn like or the exact quote from a movie. Yes. In today's episode, we are exploring the Mandela effect, its viability and how it plays into understanding of how our memory works and kind of how it can get morbid in this discussion and conspiracy theory. Yeah, we'll be talking through some of the more popular examples and the conspiracy theories that have developed as well. First, a little test, Jess. I'm going to quiz. Oh, I'm not prepared. <laughs> I know. I'm going to give you a little pop quiz on some popular Mandela effects and see if you can remember these callbacks correctly. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. So you remember the cartoon Looney Tunes, right? Yes. Bugs Bunny and Friends. Yes. Spell the name of how the show Looney Tunes is spelled. Oh, no. Okay, so L-O-O-N-E-Y. And my immediate, now you got me thinking because I know we're doing this test, but my immediate thought went to T-U-N-E-S. That's correct. Or is it, 
It is? Okay. Yeah. And it's, so it's not T-O-O. No, but it's great. You got it. So a lot of people remember it being, I believe, like L-U-N-E-Y, not L-O, oh. but the next one. The Monopoly man does not wear a monocle. No, he does. No, he does. Does he not? He does not. But everybody has this image of him wearing a monocle. Yes, 100%. Which people might be confusing him with the peanut mascot, the, you know, Mr. Okay. Peanut or what's his name? Yes. Is he Mr. Peanut? Mr. Peanut. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Who was, didn't he die during a Super Bowl commercial and was reincarnated as a baby peanut? <laughs> what the fuck? I think so. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. What's next? Now, quote the famous line that Darth Vader says to Luke in Star Wars about his parentage when he reveals who Luke's papa is. Luke, I am your father. He does not say that. He just says, I am your father. God damn it. I know. What? Okay, but I'm not alone in this. No, you are not at all. There. Okay. Everyone else is like, what? the heck like okay because i'm like am i sounding like a dumbass <laughs> no you're not i think you are in the majority that i if you asked me to quote it i would say luke i am your father because that's yeah what we've conditioned to know the line as and it's i don't watch star wars on the regular to i don't like, either but uh, yeah there, okay there are alongside these a ton of other examples of the so-called Mandela effect that have gained traction online in the last 10 to 15 years. And one of the most popular ones that has really brought attention to this effect revolves around the spelling of the popular children's book series, The Berenstain Bears. Yes, this one drove the internet wild and it drives me wild. (laughs) (laughs) Because like, look it up and you'll see that the bears are the bear stain bears spelled B-E-R-E-N-S-T-A-I-N and A in stain. Yeah. So instead of instead of S-T-E-I-N, which a lot of people swear that it used to be the Baron stain bear, like B-E-R-E-S-T-E-I-N. Um. I personally do not remember it with the E. I remember it being Stain, S-T-A-I-N. I remember it as the Bernstein Bears. So Steen, Steen with the E. That's how I would always say it. But Bernstein Bear. I, I always said Bear, Bernstein. Bear, Bernstein Bears. Bernstein. Now I'm now I'm confusing yes. myself. Yes, it is all the confusing. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Another big one, people remember the Fruit of the Loom logo having a cornucopia in it, even though it never did. It's just a bunch of fruit on a plate. Just a bunch of fruit on a plate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which, like, I love that somebody for an underwear brand said, put a bunch of fruit on the plate. (laughs) (laughs) Where'd they get that idea? Yeah. Yeah. This one blows my mind. We all quote Forrest Gump saying, life is like a box of chocolates. Watch the movie. He says life was like a box of chocolates. My God. Yeah. Same deal with <laughs> Hello Clarice. Yeah. Hello Clarice. Uh-huh. From Silence uh-huh. of the Lambs. Uh, everyone has this image of Agent Starling, Jodie Foster going to visit uh, Hannibal the Cannibal in his prison cell. And no, he doesn't say Hello Clarice. From He just says Good Morning. I think no. it's one. Yeah. I can't with this one. I think it's he. Ca- they're on the phone and then he says Hello Clarice. And those have gotten conflated or or maybe there was some what? trailer that was cut or something where they took that, that audio and, yeah. yeah sometimes they also show images in the trailer that i feel like sometimes are not in oh the they're film. not in the movie yeah 100 percent. so maybe but 
the definitely life is like a box of chocolates. It's so strange how the wording, because it's very different than life was like a box of chocolates. Yeah, I guess he's reflecting and telling his stories, so it makes sense. But... It does, but the rest of us are confused yeah. because we've been saying the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, the Pokemon Pikachu does not have a black stripe on his tail. And Curious George, the cheeky little monkey owned by the man in the yellow hat, does not have a tail at all. Yes, and C-3PO from Star Wars has a golden leg. He has a single golden leg, which everyone's like, what? Do I don't ever remember him having a golden leg. Though I this did is bonkers. consult with a friend and colleague of mine, Jacob Fullerton, who is a massive Star Wars fan, as everyone knows him to be. And mm-hmm. I said to him, did you always remember him having this? And he said yes. So maybe it has something to do with what we had worse TVs. When we were younger, and so I'm serious. Could like, be, could we're be. We're watching Star Wars on CRTs and lower yeah. definition, and we didn't really notice because it's such a fine delineation between those shades. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that's weird. The forest fire prevention mascot is just Smoky Bear, not Smoky the Bear. God, how did how did this start? How did all of these things start? Wow. Um, this next one, I am absolutely guilty of. I don't know where. This happened for me, but some people remember like a whole movie that doesn't actually exist. The, a cheesy 90s comedy called Shazam starring comic actor Sinbad. This is I 100% feel like I have, I have seen this movie. I definitely fell in that camp as well. Um, people across the Internet, Reddit, message boards everywhere are confident that a movie like this exists about a bumbling genie who is accompanied on a journey by two kids. But I have seen this because... Then I don't know what movie I saw because I'm not kidding. I had this talk with my partner the other day where I specifically remember a scene from that movie because it actually got me. It's like a core memory from my childhood. And I'm talking about this like I'm crazy because apparently there is no movie like this. But I do remember a scene where Sinbad was talking as a genie, was talking to a boy in his in his room, this boy's room, where he's talking about like sitting in a chair. And he's like, well, what if you had no butt? He's like, you would just slide off the chair. Something like that. I know this sounds crazy, but I, ju- I was talking to Devin the other day about like, yeah, what if we didn't have a butt? We would just slide off a chair. Oh, it's like that movie. Shazam with Sinbad. He talked about that, too. <laughs> and <laughs> Devin's like, that's not. <laughs> that's, not <a> movie. <laughs> that's not a movie. And let's rewind to the no butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people also think that maybe kids are confused with the Shaquille O'Neal movie Kazam. I get that. And I might need to watch that movie to look at this butt scene. Yeah. (laughs) I might look that up, actually, because if that's what I saw, then I don't know where I got because I can specifically see Sinbad. I can imagine it, too. Like, I was also someone who fell to this and said, I remember that movie, but it does not exist. That that for me, this this is the weirdest one. I guess it's because it's the where I fall in. And I don't know what we saw as a child or what happened to where this is like a collective what the fuck moment for everybody. Yeah. But on the subject of movies get edited and things, I saw the first Thor movie at the drive in. And there's I remember clear as day a moment where Thor and the character played by Natalie Portman, Jane, Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. tell each other they, they love each other. And my husband and I turned to each other and were like, that feels very unearned in a movie where they've known each other for 24 hours to tell each other they love each other. And then we later rewatched the movie when it came to digital and that moment is not in it. And we both kind of talked, said to each other, were, were we crazy? Like we both remember this being a thing. 
the fact that both of you turned to each other and have that same thought and, and that you both witnessed it and wasn't just like a you being crazy moment or yeah. him being crazy is very, very interesting. It was weird. It was real weird. I love this shit. I love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And there are countless, so many examples of people sharing other false memories that didn't happen. Too many to list. Too many. A hundred percent. Yeah. And the phenomenon itself is very real. There's no disputing that. Yeah, we are all having this collective misremembering. But even what the most elevated minds can't figure it out is a concrete explanation for it. Yes. Uh, in, in 2022, a team of psychologists from the University of Chicago did a test where they showed uh, doctored visual examples of the Mandela effect to a test group alongside the real images. Yes, yeah, so they basically like photoshopped. <laughs> like they, <laughs> they took, you know, Pikachu and photoshopped him with the black tail and put him next to no black tail Pikachu. And the test group repeatedly got it wrong, even still after they were re-shown the correct images. <laughs> so they, they showed them again. They were, they, were, they were like, OK, you got it wrong. But here's Pikachu. He doesn't have a black stripe on his tail. So we're going to do the test again later and see if you get it right. And even <laughs> after they still got it wrong. And this really left psychologists with more questions than answers. Absolutely. Maybe they're just like us as a collective human race. We're just we're like going downhill. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's idiocracy. IRL. Yeah, no. And and ask any psychologist or sociologist and they will tell you that memory is not infallible. Like we've even talked about it a little bit on this on this podcast with yeah. our morbid nature of time episode. Our memories are not perfect. Our memories are wickedly wild. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, you could even say that our minds have minds of their own. The way that we process information, the way we retain it, we're so fickle and we're also really susceptible to distortion. We are notoriously unreliable narrators of our own lives. Yes, this this is so again so interesting to me. So in psychology, a false memory is quote a phenomenon where some Somebody recalls something that did not happen or recalls it differently from the way it actually happened. I, I heard a lot about this, like with um, when people would recall 9-11 stories and whatnot on like, where were you on 9-11 or mm -hmm. what do you remember from 9-11? And my story, I think, has remained the same for years. But now I'm like, has it changed or do I remember it differently? Because I don't know. I was like, I was in eighth grade. I was on the phone with my best friend at the time we would talk on the phone every morning and i had the news on and saw the second plane hit and i feel like that's a story i've told forever but maybe it's been different and and wrong i don't know it's, it's so interesting though have you checked with that friend are you still in contact that you could be like hey i'm not but what well, we do we talk on social media but i should ask her that be like do you remember because we were on the phone do you remember it like this it'd be pretty I'm go tell it, her it would be pretty yeah. amazing if this person hadn't heard from you in 20 years and then you just <laughs> tweeted at them and said do you remember where you were on 9 11 <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're on the phone. <laughs> I Yeah, I remember being in 10th grade and okay. being in, I think, a civics class and mm -hmm. it, it being announced. And I think we went home. We I think did, we, too. We learned about it a little bit. But yeah. And I also think that there's we've talked about this on the show, too. But the way that your memory is altered by trauma. And when you're experiencing something traumatic, your memory also becomes affected. So I can imagine a big event like something like a horrific, yep. destructive event like that. You're susceptible to remembering it in a weird way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there are tons of things that can alter and influence the way that we experience memory, uh, suggestibility, the incorporation of misinformation, 
uh, misattributing the source of information. Mm, And like, mm -hmm. we cannot trust ourselves. (laughs) Which is terrifying. Yeah. Because you're all you have in a way, like that we know, that we know, um, like putting aside religion and your, your beliefs. I'm just like, I can't trust my own brain. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. Sometimes when life is when life is too good, I think, did I get hit by that bus in Australia? And this is this is heaven. <laughs> That's Elise. Oh, God. <laughs> That's great. That's great. There, there's I have a defining moment in my life where I almost get hit by a bus in Australia. My, my husband, we were crossing the street together and we just like narrowly missed it. And we always talk about like, did we actually get hit by? That oh, my bus? God. So this and is real. This wow. Is, uh, yeah, this is a moment in my, wow. my weird neurotic life. Well, if there's such thing as the multiverse, you did. You did get hit by a Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're sharing memories with like the other you, which that is yeah. a good topic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. Going back to studies and whatnot. Yeah, the studies show that each time we remember something, we are reconstructing the event and running it through our mind in a new way. This uh, reassembling of all the events and information definitely like just rebuilds it in our brain. Imagine if you built a tower out of toy multicolored blocks, then you knocked it over and then you had to reassemble that from memory. You could probably get it pretty close, but not exactly precise. Like if it's the same thing too, where you can look at a cereal mascot every day on a box of cereal while you eat your breakfast. But then probably if you sat down and tried to draw it from memory, you're not going to draw Tony the Tiger. No. <laughs> He's going to look like a weird distorted version. No, absolutely not. Yeah. And then every time we re-remember something, we might change a little tiny detail or embellish it. We can't possibly remember the small details of every past situation and interaction. So our brains remember like the gist and then actively fills in the rest. And we can't ignore the connection between misremembering and, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. trauma. Yes. Suppressed memories, we find them painful, damaging to our own self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And so it's very possible that the Mandela effect is tied to confabulation, the notion that somebody is creating a false memory by trying to fill in the gaps in their own memory. They're technically lying to themselves, but not from a place of dishonesty. Yes. Still doesn't explain the Mandela effect, though. And as we mentioned earlier, there is no explanation for it. But a lot of very inquisitive people, some might say some uh, computer (laughs) armchair detectives, (laughs) are trying to find one. So this is where we bring in the conspiracy theories. But first, a word from our sponsors. This is the fun part. Can't wait. Summer is here, and that might mean that you are thinking about taking a trip, flying internationally, going somewhere across the world. Perhaps you're preemptively learning Spanish. In that case, you should be using Babbel. Babbel is the go-to travel hack for any trip abroad because communication is key to fully experiencing a new culture, and that's where Babbel comes in. Babbel is addictively fun and has these easy, bite-sized language lessons, so there's still time to learn before you leave for a trip. Babbel's lessons are only 10 minutes long, and you can start having real-life conversations in as little as three weeks. You can choose from 14 different languages, plus... Babbel has speech recognition tech that helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. There are so many different ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. 
I've used Babbel to brush up on French and Spanish because if you don't use it, you lose it. And even though I grew up learning French and hey, I took a year of high school Spanish, if you don't practice it, you won't have it. So Babbel is such a great tool to do that with. And right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash 30mm. That's babbel.com slash 30mm for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. 30 Morbid Minutes is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes you might feel like you take on too much stuff for other people. I know Jess and I are so guilty of this. We are both givers and we get swept up in what everyone else needs from us. And I think we can all do a little bit of that. And it can be hard to take a moment for yourself and give yourself what you need. Uh, When we spend all of our time giving, you can get stretched thin and burnt out. So having healthy boundaries takes some reflecting And therapy can help you do that reflecting and give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting people that you care about while also supporting yourself. I've used therapy before and the results, you can see them. And it can just be a really, really great thing to help you navigate challenges in your life. Maybe you want to make a change. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and to fit in with your schedule. All you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and they'll match you with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com 30mm today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash 30 mm we are back to the show and we're talking about some of the conspiracy theories that have cropped up online and elsewhere that try to explain the mandela effect yes as love it, were. it let's do it mm-hmm. it's a slippery slope though <laughs> but if you approach it from in fiona broom's own words a place of whimsical speculation then you know we'll all get out of this conspiracy theory Meyer still thinking that the earth is round and global warming is real so just you know stick mm-hmm, with us mm-hmm. here and don't don't get pulled in speaking of real have you ever questioned this goes deep have you ever questioned if our reality is in fact just that Elise every day in my life Jessica as you know I was almost hit by a bus in Australia <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but uh, yeah, are, are you bringing this up because you're a big Matrix fan? I am a big Matrix fan. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so big. Yeah. Um, but kind of, but but also the Mandela effect is often cited as a piece of supporting evidence by those who believe in simulation, the simulation theory, the idea that our reality is a manifestation and we are actually mm. living in a hyper-realistic computer-generated simulation. Oh. <laughs> I bet you love this. I bet you love I, zero one th- zero. There's a zero, part zero. of me that's like, it, this is fascinating, but I also just kind of hope that we're not because I'm really hoping that this world really is beautiful and and there is some like yeah. beautiful. There's peace and flowers, and it's not all just fake, and we're not just lying there, drool coming out of my mouth, and some like dark, nasty place eating goop every day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> we're not in that ray ra- that raven matrix ah, too. That that was that is also a thing. Yeah. <laughs> But this theory, the simulation theory, posits that there's a technologically advanced civilization or being more advanced than our own who created the simulated universe and then tricked us or made us that we are inhabiting. God, when in reality, yeah, we're all just plugged into a super conscious machine like Neo and Trinity. 
Yeah, you wish you were Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> um, the simulation theory proponents see the Mandela effect as a crack in the porcelain. Yeah, like like if we were to run a simulation with our own computing technology in this world, you know, there are constraints, there are bugs, mm-hmm. there are glitches, there is potential for error. And that's what they think is happening here. Yeah, but also it could be the multiverse, you know, like what about what if we have uh, we share a collective conscious with all the other different versions of ourselves and sometimes they bleed together. I don't know. There's so many things, but which conspiracist surmise would also be the case uh, in regards to this simulation theory that whatever puppet master is running our universe. So the Mandela effect would be a visible blemish of this flaw in simulation, disruption in the code, a glitch. Or the puppet master has actively gone and rewritten the past code, making small changes that dominoed and we started to notice. Yeah, so it was Berenstein Bears, but then the puppet master went back and was like, I'm going to mess with them. It's so funny. (laughs) It's so funny because it's like, this is what you decide to mess with? These things? A Sinbad movie? (laughs) Of him being a genie? That's that's what makes it so stupid. Like, of all the things to mess with, I I would do different things, for sure. I honestly don't, don't mind the idea of living in a simulation if I'm happy. Right. If you're living in a simulation and you're miserable, then it's awful. Touche. True. But then so my question then is like if so we all die. So what happens when we die? Do we live with the puppet master? Maybe get uploaded as a new. Well, I don't know. They need to figure this out. (laughs) Figure this out for me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And yeah, we mentioned making small changes that can create a ripple effect, which is not unlike another conspiracy theory for the Mandela effect, which involves time travel. Mm. Remember in Back to the Future, how future generations thought that Marty McFly invented rock and roll? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That that happened. Yes. You're likely aware of the time travel trope where somebody travels back to the past and even the most mundane of actions that mess with the timeline can create a ripple effect altering the future. Have you seen the butterfly effect? That I think that was the first time as like a young child I watched that and I was like, the concept. Whoa. It's crazy. Yeah. And and as far as we know, no one has actually time traveled. Uh, the scientists studying the possibility of time travel all operate in the theoretical. There are a bunch of made up rules and paradoxes, but we've never seen them in, in practice. We've never seen anybody go back in time and kill him. Oh, man. Yeah. What an incredible if time travel was real. Whew. But yeah, the, the paradox that if you go back in time and kill your own grandfather means you'll cease to be. Well, some researchers believe events will just readjust to accommodate and everything will just be hunky-dory. Yeah. As far as the Mandela effect theories go, I'm not so bought in on the time travel one. Understandable. Um, I, I I think if I could time travel, I, I definitely don't want to mess anything up because it's just like... You're right. Everything is as it was. I, I, I would love to just watch. I, I wish I could just like stand behind a rock or something and just watch. <laughs> but I get it, especially when there is another theory that exists that presupposes that the very nature of the space time continuum has been broken, that the fabric of our universe has been torn and we now exist across branching realities. <laughs> yeah, this is like kind of similar to the multiverse theory, which also posits that like, oh, things multiverses are merging or bleeding into each other. Mm -hmm. But those who support the multiple timelines theory point to the Mandela effect as evidence that collective false memories are actually just the fact that a subset of our population managed to switch realities or alternately that reality itself shifted at some point. Oh, man. 
My brain's breaking. At the heart of this conspiracy is like a very important piece of machinery, the world's largest and most powerful particle accelerator. I love this. The Large Hadron Collider, referred to as the LHC, we'll call it the LHC for short too, was built in the early 2000s by the European Organization for Nuclear Research, CERN for short. Yes, the LHC allows scientists to observe what happens to atoms, molecules, and the very laws of physics when two particle beams collide. It gives scientists insight into the basic building blocks of matter and what dark matter is made of. The LHC is 17 miles in circumference, it's huge, and lives 600 feet below the Earth's surface, right at the border between France and Switzerland. If you haven't seen it, look it up. It's bonkers. Many conspiracy theorists have very strong opinions on what they think the LHC is quote unquote actually doing. And one of those conspiracy theories is that the LHC uh, and its corresponding experiments are responsible for ripping a hole in the space-time continuum. Interesting. Yes. A lot of tinfoil hat wearers think that CERN and the use of the LHC manifested a reality shift. So Either, like we said earlier, like some people's reality shifted when this, you know, Mm -hmm. big event happened. They started using this LHC or our whole collective reality was altered. And they think that the Mandela effect is the lasting evidence that we had a pre-reality before the LHC came into use that has since been lost because we're playing God and doing things on an atomic level that are changing the world and galaxies. And yeah, all that. they even I think there's another name for this called the God particle as well. But this kind of thinking couldn't be more off. And the scientists who actually work with the LHC and understand what it does find these theories quite laughable. Mm hmm. Clara Nellist, a particle physicist at CERN, claims what CERN is doing is minuscule in comparison to the natural energy particle collisions that happen in our atmosphere constantly. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Still, there are tons of accounts on TikTok and YouTube and elsewhere that post all kinds of wild theories. They point to the LHC opening doors to a supposed multiverse, wormholes, mirror verses, and portals. They even suggest that the Hadron Collider is responsible for climate change, which is not true. Yes. I read one once that because in, uh, in I think it was in 2016, something happened where a a weasel or Martin um, got into the Hadron Collider. It was like a big deal. It caused like a glitch. It chewed into one of the Collider's transformers. Oh my God. And like short-circuited it, so it like shut it down. Mm-hmm. And I know I've read once the theory that like that was 2016 and that was like Trump got elected and generally the world just started. We, we just started noticing a lot of these patterns of like, oh, there's just another bad thing that happened. Another yes. bad thing that happened, which I think is more part of the like social media and news cycle being so uh, nonstop because I think think bad things have always happened. We just yep. haven't had as much attention to them. Correct. Um, and so, but a lot of people think like this weasel took down this you know, wow. LHC and then it caused a complete shift, which is to me is kind of a funny theory. It <laughs> is. Than, yeah, it absolutely is. But I love this as a, as a fun theory that we humanity are toying with our own existence and we've created this machine that has torn you know the fabric of space and time There's and just, yeah. now these realities are all bleeding together yeah while this machine is really freaking cool and i you know whether 
I, my own personal beliefs are like, is, should we be doing this or not? Either way, I think it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what though, we are just mere small and tiny specks of humans and we are no way equipped to go up against the laws of physics and gravity and the space time continuum at all. So like, it might be fun that we're just kind of our little humans on earth. Like, Oh, look at these atoms collide. You know, it's yes. just like, we're just not armed for anything to, to go against space yes. and time and anything like that. My personal opinion on the Mandela effect is that we humans are just so susceptible to our brains being like warped and distorted and weird and our memories are not uh, as stable as we think they are. Yeah. And if we get down to like the nitty gritty of it, you know, we are still, I think in a lot of ways, like primal creatures. And I, one of the biggest things is for us to survive. And so when your brain, especially when you're talking about trauma, like when your brain is going through trauma, it's also trying to protect itself. So, which is why Mm -hmm. a lot of like people that develop schizophrenia, or maybe there's like an alter ego that comes up, like somebody else that is trying to protect the other person inside your body who was getting hurt or going through trauma. It is hard in your brain. All it is trying to do is protect you to survive. Yeah. And with that comes a lot of different memories, thoughts, feelings that might not be a hundred percent accurate. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's really, it's like fun to go down all these rabbit holes online, but... It really is. It really is. But at the end of the day, like, should not believe everything you read online (laughs) at all. Yes, I know. I know. Except what is just the truth. Like, while we were having this conversation, I was also thinking about, like, interstellar in general and uh, the theory of relativity, because we were talking about space Mm -hmm. and time and all this other stuff. Yeah, I could just go down this hole forever. I love this. This has been one of my favorite oh, episodes. Yeah, I I love talking about this stuff too, and it can have lost many like a late night hour just like reading about this. Yeah, and one of like one of the morbid things for me is that when you think about this stuff too much, sometimes it can get so not necessarily depressing, but like anxiety inducing, an existential crises that accompanies these kind of topics for sure like the idea of like am i am i not like a person that has complete agency am i just a puppet in someone's simulation i think is a pretty morbid thing to try to reconcile with yourself on an existential level it is and my partner has talked about like what we watch a lot of like space documentaries and stuff and sometimes like if we're having a bad day you know, he'll just be like, we really are just like, does anything really matter? Are we really just like on this planet? And then we die and then that's it. And it's, and, and even if that is the truth, that is something that like, I I don't want to hold on to. I could be part of the, the other humans in the world that I want to find purpose in this life and hope that this isn't it because what? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have to, at least for me, when I get into these, you know, existential crisis moments, I'm like, I have to believe that there is whether it's something bigger or better, or there's more meaning to this, you know, just as a human, I feel like we have to have some sort of purpose, which I, again, goes into a deeper subject of like religion and then spirituality. And yeah, yeah, it's a lot to I take know, in. It is, and, and it's, it's, I mean, I think it just shows that you are a very like insightful, thoughtful person to think about that stuff. And I think uh, everybody has similar, maybe, maybe not as deep always, Or maybe they'll never get there that deep. But like, yeah, I definitely and I I think about that a lot with just morality in terms of if uh, there is nothing. I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. 
would, would default to like, I, well, I can just do whatever. And, and I, but I, to me, I think that a great test of morality is being a good person, even if you don't see the, mm-hmm. the great beyond. Like, even if you're like, I, our purpose yeah. is just to be on this earth and be good to each other for the time we're here. Yeah, that is very true. And it's hard to live in the space of, oh, well, we're just these tiny ants on this blue planet in space. It's it, we don't live in that reality. We live in the everyday today, mundane tasks, doing laundry every day. So we just have to find our solace and peace in that. Yeah. And like you said, just be a be good to each other, be a good person and. I don't know. Hope for the best. Yeah. I mean, we got a lot of sickos listening to this podcast, but I think I think there's <laughs> sickos with good intentions. Absolutely. <laughs> I hope. And if you sickos yeah. are loved this episode and, and want more of us in general, we are on the social medias at 30 Morbid Minutes, at Jessica Vasami uh, and at Elise Willems. Yes, go, and go listen to our backlog of episodes, please, because I... We, we're starting to see some of these recurring themes and thoughts and uh, mm-hmm. get picked up across episodes now. And check out our friends at Red Web. Yeah. We're producing the same network. Trevor and Alfredo, they also, like us, delve into kind of like mysteries with a little bit of a spookier or kind of more dark skew. They love some good conspiracy theories for sure. And then we also have a lot of great merch at store.roosterteeth.com. Uh, just type in 30 more minutes in the search bar and you'll find some great stuff, some shirts, some pins. Check it out. I was wearing one of our hoodies last night. And one of my friends was like, what is that? Where did you get that from? And I was like, dude, it's 30 more minutes shirt. And it <laughs> Hell blew yeah. his mind. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's right. I can't right. think of the name of it right now, but it's from the artist Stevie Jude. It's the, the mm-hmm. black hoodie with the flowers on the sleeves. And then it's the, got the mm-hmm. Roman numerals. The tombstone. Yeah. Yep. Love that. I love it. Well, Jess, uh, whether it's in this universe or another, <laughs> I wish you a bad bye. I wish you a bad bye, too. I hope to see you in the other. I hope we know each other oh, in the other universes. We should remake Cloud Atlas, but it's just you and I <laughs> in all the roles in the universe. Tell me you've seen Cloud Atlas. I haven't. <gasps> Jessica, Do I need to watch it? You would love it. You would okay, love it. All right. Especially if you. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. We got to. Oh, no. We got to okay. watch it together. We got to find out. All right. I'm down. Okay. All right. Well, bad bye for now. Let me go put on Cloud Atlas. Bye bye. <laughs>